Hey everyone, welcome to the Quantum Integration Summit with your host, myself, Adrian Lopez. I'm so glad that you stopped by to take a listen to our next guest. I am excited to introduce Paul Levy, and I wanna tell you a little bit about him before we get started with our interview. So uh, he is a pioneer in the field of spiritual emergence. He is a wounded healer in private practice, assisting others who are also awakening in this dreamlike nature of reality. Among his books most recently released are The Quantum Revelation, or The Quantum Revelation of Radical Synthesis of Science and Spirituality. He's also written uh, two other books um, that are listed on our event page. You can check them out there. But uh, I just wanted to let you know, he's also the founder of the Awaken the Dream community here in Portland, Oregon, and he is an artist. He's deeply steeped in the work of Carl Jung and has been a Tibetan Buddhist practitioner for over 35 years. He is also a faculty member of the Shift Network. So welcome, Paul. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here today and participating. Yeah, happy hi, I'm happy. so happy. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you. So um, I found you. Um, well, I also live in Portland, and so I was interested to discover your work uh, it related. I, the way I found you was your book um, entitled The Quantum Revelation. And so um, that's how I got interested in your work, and that's how I want to start off our interview. Um, so I know that this topic is so big, you know, you could write a whole book about it and you did, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm wondering if you could just give us the main premise of your book today and how you see recent quantum theories actually provide a synthesis for spirituality and science. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, um, the basis of my book came out of an experience I had over 40 years ago where I actually, and it was based on it being an incredible suffering and in real trauma, and I went so deeply into it in my own, just, you know, assuming the position of the witness in my own mind, that I actually um, had this profound spiritual awakening, and it got me in deep trouble because I was in my early to mid-20s and I wasn't prepared for what I was realizing. What I was realizing was that this is a collective dream. And I was just having that experience. And I was so excited that it got me in deep trouble. I immediately got thrown in hospitals and told that I was crazy. And I knew it was made very clear to me that I wasn't crazy and was having an awakening. And that's what got me through it. But fast forward. Then, um, and that's a whole story that I won't go into now, but then once I became introduced to quantum theory, I began to realize, oh my God, this is actually describing and articulating the very experience that I was beginning to have. And so I, over 40 you know, plus years, I would be, I was studying quantum physics and I'm not a physicist or anything like that. But then I began to have such a deep understanding of, of, you know, how quantum physics was articulating and describing this world that I had found myself in, this dreamlike universe. And that's when I wrote my book. So the essence of the book, of what I'm really trying to say, and the answer to your question, is that quantum physics, it emerged into the world about a century ago 
and into the physicists' minds, not just in the world. And um, they were shocked to discover that the world that they had been um, exploring didn't exist, that the, the idea of an objective universe was a nonsensical idea that only had reality as an idea inside of their mind, but it didn't have a correlate in actual reality. And, um, you know, because before quantum physics, the classical physicists were just thinking they were just passively observing and trying to understand an actual objective universe. Quantum physics comes along and says there is no such thing as an objective universe. More specifically, they were pointing at, and they had empirically discovered again and again, that the act of observing the universe actually influenced the universe observed. That's to say the act of observation is creative. We're not just passive witnesses of this world. We're actually co-creating it. And another way of saying that, when you say the act of observation is creative, you're basically saying that, you know, that's just like a dream. Just like, you know, as we're observing the dream, we're influencing the dream that we're observing because the dream is nothing other than our own mind. So quantum physics was actually discovering the dreamlike nature of reality. But physicists weren't trained. So, see, it's widely, it's so profound, the, the, the realization. Yeah. The physicists, and I'm trying to essentialize it, physicists Thank you. Are, are not were not prepared to really discover, to really um, understand what they had discovered. When there's a discovery this radical, it typically takes centuries to integrate what they had yeah. realized. And so it's widely understood it's the greatest discovery ever in all of history that's no question in science what's what the controversy is what does it mean now i'm just coming along and saying well it means that we're having a dream a collectively shared dream and um and what that means is that consciousness is not separate from the physical world okay and that's where quantum physics really interfaces with spirituality that it actually is promoting itself to be a spiritual path when you understand what it's showing us and it seems so complicated and esoteric but it's actually really simple because it's revealing the dream-like nature of reality and by doing that one final thing when you have that realization it unlocks the most unimaginably vast creative power that's our nature that we all have but to the extent we don't know we have it, that creativity, that creative spirit that is our nature gets turned against us. And the powers that be or the state or whoever, you know, is more than happy to, to, to turn our own creative spirit against us in a way that's imprisoning us and killing us. And that's being evidenced all around us. So, you know, the solution, quantum physics is offering us the solution to the myriad world crises there's no question about that because it's actually showing us our nature. It's showing us our creative potency and agency. And when a sufficient number of us realize that we can connect with each other and we can change the dream we're having. And that's to actually consciously step into our own evolution. And that's what this is all about. But if we don't recognize what it's revealing to us, we're destined to continue to destroy ourselves. So that in essence, is you know my what i'm trying to point out and, and, and what the book is about wow
Thank you for that. That was so well articulated and resonates with me so deeply. And I wanted to go deeper in a couple things that you said in regards to number one, um, psychosis and, uh, you know, the role of uh, spiritual awakening or that looks like psychosis has had a role in traditional um, com communities or I should say um, wisdom practices throughout the ages. And um, so this psychosis is actually an awakening at some level for many people. I don't want to say all psychosis is that, but, um, you know, I guess it just depends on how you relate to it. Many people, myself included, have had experiences that could be labeled, you know, psychotic as far as visions and um, seen like uh, being shown uh, truths that go beyond what we know individually um, when you spend time in self-reflection and through meditation um, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's just like, for example, when I first started meditating 22 years ago, I, you know, started seeing things. I didn't share it with anyone, you know, because I didn't have any words to describe it, nor nor did I want to alarm anyone. Um, so I just witnessed it. But I really, um, from hearing you speak, it's like quantum physics is, has provided a way to validate, in a way, scientifically, what sages and saints and um, wisdom keepers have known throughout the ages. Yeah, and that's, um, you know, we have to be careful about that quantum physics proves what, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> a spiritual person is saying, yeah. but it certainly serves as real evidence um, of what a lot of mystics and spiritual awakening sorts have said. And, um, you know, a thing I also wanted to mention, so I'd given a big talk a few, actually right before the lockdown, at a at a science and consciousness um, conference, and I was mentioning that quantum physics is sort of a modern day analog to in Tibetan Buddhism what's called a terma, and a terma yes. it translates as a hidden treasure, yeah. and and Tibetan Buddhism is really codified and really extrapolated this idea, you know, like I do practice to Tibetan Buddhism to a particular lineage, and this lineage keeps itself fresh and continually, you know, sort of re renews itself through the discovery of these terma, these hidden treasures, and the ideas when the tradition gets a little bit one-sided or off balance, all of a sudden there'll be a terma discovered that the community will, will literally dream up into sometimes the terma is a physical object, um, you know, a blessed object or a teaching or a prayer, or sometimes somebody will discover they might see a syllable in a book and it'll unlock 20 volumes of text in their mind that was waiting to be discovered. They're like alarm clocks that are, you know, kind of planted in the multidimensional fabric of the cosmos that are designed to go off at exactly the moment that they're needed. And they're like symbols in a dream that when you get in resonance with the symbol, it'll like expand your consciousness. And I point out that quantum physics is very much a modern day analog to a terma like I'm certainly, you know, I'm no authority on Terra and I'm no authority on quantum physics, but everything I know about both 
quantum physics, it fits the bill for being a modern day analog to these to this hidden treasure, because we as a species have gotten so one sided and, and overly materialistic. And um, and then along comes quantum physics, that when you actually take in what it's revealing to us and you realize, oh, my God, it's 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 pointing at not only the dreamlike nature and not only that there's no objective universe, but it's actually showing us who we are in all of this. And what I mean, when you discover there's no objective world out there, what happens to the subject? We as a subject need an object to be in relationship to in order to be a subject. When all of a sudden there's no object, what happens to us? So in other words, once we really imbibe the quantum gnosis fully and realize Oh my God, the fact that it's showing that there's nothing objective separate from consciousness, then who am I? I thought I was a subject. Now I'm realizing, but I'm not like a reference point in third dimensional space and time. I'm not a skin encapsulated ego. I'm not a separate self because a quantum universe, there are no separate parts interacting. It's a wholeness. It's a seamlessly interconnected, interdependent wholeness. And I'm part of that. And my consciousness is part of that. And so, you see, I'm trying to give a little flavor of what a game changer the revelations in quantum physics are, you know. I think you're doing a great job um, from here, anyhow. But I just want to say, hence, that's the revelation, is discovering the truth about who each of us truly, who we truly are outside of all the trappings of our physical possessions and titles and you know what have you that we've used to define ourselves. Yeah. and uh, so thank you for going into that um going into your tibetan buddhist background because that's exactly where i was headed so you probably already <laughs> intuited that and you already delivered that so thank you but um I wanted to, to uh, take a little turn here as one of my first speakers um, shared, and I wanna share it with you because I think it kind of mirrors what you just shared. Um, he says, there's a soul of a new consciousness being born right now as an attractive energy that is calling a new way of being or a new self into being. And um, when you talk about these termas, it's almost like uh, consciousness um, gifting itself a new awakening to expand into a new um, evolution of who we've been up until this time, um, if we're going to use time as a reference point here. So um, do you have any thoughts on that or anything um, further? Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, you know, yeah. quantum physics has you know, shown that each and every moment we're involved with our consciousness in recreating, you know, our experience of the universe, um, you could say, and, and that, you know, think about a quantum entity, an elementary particle, right? Because they were trying yeah. to figure out what are the building blocks? What is the microstructure of the physical world? And they, what quartz, they found, <laughs> well, they found even beyond that, that at a certain point, there was nothing. There was just yeah. total emptiness and they were left confronting their own consciousness. And um, the idea being that an elementary particle exists 
at each and every moment in a state of open-ended potentiality, like each and every possible state it could ever exist in, it exists. And then along comes the observer and the observer observes that quantum entity and the way they observe it, it has an influence on how it actualizes. So it will actualize in a particular way in that moment and all the other possibilities vaporize as if they've never existed into parallel universes. And that experience happens moment by moment. So the fact is, is that, yeah, with what's playing out, when you see the dreamlike nature and we're all dreaming up what's happening and there's a complete and utter collective psychosis that we're all participating in, in which we're destroying ourselves, well, how is that gonna, gonna turn out? Are we going to destroy ourselves? Possibly. Or are we going to awaken via that experience? Possibly. Quantum physics says that's the nature. There's no determinant future. It's all in a state of open-ended potentiality. And it's a function. It depends on us. We are the dreamers. You know, so it really depends on if a sufficient number of us awaken to what um what our nature is, what the nature of our situation is. And or particularly then when we're able to connect with other people who are also awakening, having that realization, you know, and it's just like when you're in a dream, when you're in a night dream and say, if you as the dream ego, the identity you've been imagining yourself to be in the dream, yeah, you have lucidity. Okay, that's one thing. But yeah. then there, there might be all these other characters in the dreams who don't realize they're dreaming and they're just aspects of you. But yeah. what if, and just imagine this, a, a sufficient number connect with each other, come together based on the realization of them having a dream. And yeah. they, what do they realize? They realize, oh my God, this universe we're in, this dream universe is an expression of our dreaming. We are collaboratively dreaming it. And we've been entranced in thinking there are all these limitations and problems. And that becomes a self-generating feedback loop that in which we entrance ourselves. You see, that's what quantum physics has discovered, that we have literally hypnotized ourselves into this small version, this limited version of ourselves, and there's no one else doing that to us. We are doing that to ourselves. So we've dreamed up quantum physics as a term, a hidden treasure, showing us, <laughs> revealing to us that process, and getting back to that dream when enough people have that realization, connect with each other, and they realize, oh my God, this dream is manifesting the way it is because we've been dreaming it that way. Then you realize we can change the dream. That's that's who we are. That's in our power. That's what this is all about. And that's to fully participate, like I've been saying, to step into our own evolutionary process. And um, in essence, that's what the book is about. That's what my whole work is about. Well, I just want to say um, I am awed by the uh, perfection of this um, message in regards to, you know, um, I, on my own search for healing and understanding, I've gone to all the wisdom traditions, all the religions, all the practices, looking, looking for the truth with a capital T and coming to the, to, um, a place where, um, I'm realizing, or I have realized in the last years or so, and it's not just me, it's like, it's popping up in a lots of places with people I talk with and connect with. And I, I don't mean to, to. Um, suggest it's happening everywhere but if it happens one place in consciousness it's happening everywhere in consciousness because it's quantum right 
Yeah, well, that's one of the things that quantum physics has really um, discovered or reaffirmed is that this, this universe, instead of being a local universe, it's a non-local universe. And non-locality really means, you know, it has to do with it doesn't play by the traditional rules of third dimensional space and time. So in other words, something, if we have a realization right now in this moment, that realization, in a sense, gets deposited all throughout space and all throughout time, both backwards in time, forward in the future, and through every, you know, um, ounce of space in the universe. And that's really interesting because it, it's an expression, like I was saying, that quantum physics is showing us that, you know, a quantum system, and this is a quantum system on all scales through and through, this universe is that there's no separate parts interacting. You see, so it's really about seeing through the imagination, the false imagination, A, that this universe exists in a way that it doesn't, and B, that we seeing through our imagination that we exist in a way that we don't. We are not separate beings. I only exist in relationship to you. Yeah. But yet, you don't exist independently on your own as a separate self, but you only exist in relationship to the whole rest of the universe. So we're all interrelated and interdependent, and there's no, there's no like objective separate self that exists from its own side anywhere to be found. When you realize that, that is the expansion of consciousness. And when you have the expansion of consciousness of seeing what, you know, the nature of our situation and your own nature, it's not just an intellectual understanding, it opens no. your heart because the actual energetic expression of the dreamlike nature, of the quantum nature is compassion, is an open heart. And that gets registered non-locally throughout the universe and that makes it that much easier for everybody else to step into it. And, um, you know, and that's who we are. We're in a way these, these Bodhisattva is a phrase in um, yeah. Buddhism, and it's really, it translates as a, a being in the process of awakening, and who among us is not that, and the idea is when we step, when we see who we are, step out of our the separate self, and we recognize, oh, wow, who we are is part of the whole, we're not separate, we're all dream characters in each other's dreams, and what we're here to do is to be in service to the whole instead yeah. of being in service to self is to be served in service to others and um and as more and more of us do that it generates a non-local field and an energy like i'm saying that makes it easier for all of us to do that and that's the potential awakening but it's not written in stone it all depends on us you know yeah. definitely well, uh, I personally have felt called to to spread this information and this whole idea of thinking. I know when you explain all of these concepts in regards to, you know, we're all connected and we've, you know, been in these uh, trance, this hypnotic trance. And, um, you know, uh, I think uh, some time ago I came up on this book called The Trances We Live In, and it was written by a yeah. Buddhist. Do you know it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. yeah. Yeah. And um, it was a really um, good book. Can I, can I explain a little bit about the trans? Because it's so important. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a, a really great way of understanding. Mm -hmm. So we are under a spell. Yeah. Okay. And, and I can prove that. Here's a way of understanding it. So just to invoke the creative imagination and imagine you're in a dream, right? Yes. 
Now, what is a dream? But it's an actual reflection of the mind. It's a projection of the mind. So whatever viewpoint you're holding is instantaneously reflected back by the dream because the dream is nothing other than your own mind. Yeah. And so if you're holding a particular point of view in that dream, just remember the dream is nothing other than your own mind reflected back to yourself. The dream will then in no time whatsoever reflect back that state of mind, that attitude, that perspective that you're holding, giving you all the evidence you need, confirming, oh, that point of view is objective. And so then you become even more fixed in your point of view that what I'm seeing is objective. So you become even more fixated in that point of view. And the more fixated you become, the more the dream just gives you evidence confirming, seemingly proving the objective truth of your viewpoint, that's a self-generating feedback loop yes. that whose origin is to be found within your very mind. And you've actually entranced yourself by your own creative genius. You see, so that in the book, in the quantum <laughs> physics book, I talk about that we are the these geniuses with amnesia. We're like we have sort of um, what is it called? Like sort of um, spiritual Alzheimer's in a yeah. way. Um, we've forgotten, you know, we we've tricked ourselves out of our right mind, and we've forgotten our own creative genius. We're like these, um, you know, Lost in our own creation. yeah, yeah. We're like these. What is it called? Like yeah, we're like sorcerers apprentices who are using our own magic in a way that's killing us. We have this unbelievably vast, I mean, in the quantum physics, the founding fathers of quantum physics, they were using phrases like the 13th, what is it, godmother or an evil witch or a black magic spell. These were the words that these hardcore rigorous physicists, physicists yeah. were using to describe what they had discovered because yeah. they were tapping into how we had hypnotized and entranced ourselves by our own creative genius. So, and that that's why I say this is the solution to all the married world crises when sufficient numbers of us actually tap into this realization, embody it, implement it in our lives, connect with other people who are also realizing it, and then we can get in phase with each other, you know, in a way that we can change the dream. And that's and that's not new age woo-woo. No. That's the reality. Yes, it is. And um so I know that um, I get very excited about these conversations <laughs> and I and you're very passionate as well. But I know that there's a lot of people that get very triggered and frightened by these conversations because that's part of their their dream. Right. It hasn't actually allowed for any other possibility outside of it. But at the same time, you know, when you read the the definitions of true liberation in various wisdom traditions, it is the recognition of self. And when that recognition happens, um, then as you said, like a whole floodgate of like compassion and connection that can never be lost is, is found and is, it's recognized as our essence. Yeah, yeah. And that's in essence, I mean, so here we are, we're in a position where we don't recognize who we are. We don't recognize the nature of reality. Mm -hmm. you know, we don't, we don't recognize our, our relationship to that reality. And, and then we then try to, so that creates real problems yeah. in our minds and in the world. And then we try to solve the problem by trying to like thinking the problem and the sort of the problem is out there and external. Yeah. 
And it's madness, you see. So, you know, I've just written a book about, you know, this mind virus and, you know, I've already written another book about it. What's the name of it? um, The the actual book that came out six months ago, it's called Watiko. Healing, what is it? It's, um... It's like, what did I write anyway? Yeah, no, no, no. What's the, I'm uh, trying to remember because I, I said have healing book. the mind of virus that plagues, that plagues our, our world. world. Right. Yes. That's, that, that's the subtitle of the second book. Yeah. I have another book on Watiko, the third book. It's a trilogy coming out in the spring. But the idea is, is that there's a mind virus and that's at the bottom of the collective psychosis and of all the evil that's playing out. And I'm not, I'm not just saying this. Every wisdom tradition throughout history it's in the apocryphal text of the bible yeah. they call it the counterfeiting spirit you know it impersonates us it puts us on and if we're not awake it presents us with a limited version of who we are oh i'm wounded i'm traumatized and then if we're not awake we identify with its limited version of ourselves yeah. and then it has us then it can manipulate and control us um but if we actually you know are in touch with our nature it has no power over us at all. And so if you think about what I just described, so on the one hand, with this mind virus, you see, it can't steal our soul, but it tricks us into giving our soul away. Yes. And um, and then we disconnect from our creative agency. And it's, it's total madness. The fact is we as a species, we're having a collective psychosis and encoded in the madness is a revelation. That's yeah. another thing I'm pointing out in my work. And just like encoded in in what in, in quantum physics is a revelation, encoded in the pathology, you see, this mind virus is quantum in nature. Yeah. And what I mean when I say quantum, just like light is both a wave and or a particle, there's a superposition of states depending on mm-hmm. how it's observed. Mm-hmm. You observe it this way, it's a wave, observe it that way, it's a particle. The same thing with Watiko mind virus. Um, and that's an indigenous term, what you call. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's a Native American term, but it's in every tradition. They they talk about it. I, I you know one of my books I talk about like all every tradition throughout history is pointing at Watiko just in different words. But yes. the idea is is that if you don't recognize that it's a revelation, it will kill you, yes. and it will destroy our species. Mm-hmm. But if enough people recognize that this mind virus is actually revealing to us our nature and it's revealing to us our unconscious creative power then it's actually helping us to wake up so this mind virus is either killing us or waking us up it's It's quantum nature it depends if we recognize what it's showing us that's the point okay two things before we go i i just love hearing you talk and what you have to say so thank you um now would you think it's a stretch to say that this mind virus that you talk about is actually being supported by the life energy our creative life energy and that when we remove yeah 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 this mind virus itself has no creative energy at all but it's a master impersonator so what it does it plugs into our creativity and it turns our own creativity against us that's why the medicine for the mind virus and i can't say and this is what quantum physics is showing yeah medicine for the mind virus is being creative okay we are creative beings you know and people who think oh i'm just going to wait for the second coming and no they're they're actually unwittingly yeah yeah, we are the second coming they are unwittingly feeding the mind virus but people who are actually actively involved in the creative process they are by doing that they are literally becoming instruments for the second coming. So I can't say enough the profound importance of each and every one of us 
connecting with the creative spirit because that is our nature. Because here's the way it works. When you realize who you are, you recognize, oh, the self is creative. And the more you realize yourself, the more creative you get. And the more creative you get, the more you realize itself. It's a positive feedback loop that literally creates light upon light. Okay. I, I and so it. I just I can't it. say enough about how <laughs> it is to be creative. I received that message. I've been speaking with, uh, you know, all my different speakers and the conversation of creativity has come up, but from an ego mind perspective, there's all these conversations about, you know, there's certain people that are creative or only artists are creative or only, you know, dancers or musicians are creative. And um, so we were talking about that, uh, this whole limited view of like, that's all we get to be when in fact, every single moment of the day, we are creating our experience. And exactly, exactly, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> right. By the way, we, we interpret it and place meaning on it, you know, exactly. Yes. And that is the creative power you're speaking of that will actually be doing the awakening. Yeah. Because we're, yeah. we're using and utilizing or taking or owning the, the fullness of our power through creativity. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right, and if, like an example, if somebody came into my office and their dream, they had a dream last night, right? And say the dream was what's happening in the world, that, oh, there's this, you know, coronavirus and there's a lockdown and they're taking away our liberties and they're wanting to mandate yeah. this or like centralized power and control. And say this was an individual person's dream and they would say, well, how do you interpret that dream? And I would say to them, well, clearly you're not in touch with your power because you're outsourcing your power. So all the external, like, you know, powers that be are more than happy to take your power and to turn it against you. So yeah. the, what that dream would be showing me is that the dreamer, you know, which in this case is us, that yeah. we are not, you know, consciously accessing our creative agency. Awesome. I love it. I love it. All right. Before I let you go today, I have um, one other question for you. Uh, about your work that you do in uh, the community Awaken the Dream or Awaken mm -hmm. in the Dream. Mm -hmm. And I was curious, um, as you do this work with people, and it already sounds like you've already halfway answered this, but um, that when you're working with people in their dream work, which is their life, right? Um, is Do you notice that there's holistic patterns that you observe? Like, for example, Jung talked about the hero's journey, but certain patterns or phases that begin to happen in individuals journeys as they awaken yeah yeah, yeah. no mm -hmm. for sure totally and um because you know i mean on the one hand whatever a person's process is it's their own personal process but always it's some sort of reflection of an archetypal process that they just are as an individual person are the instantiation of or like you know um embodying and one of the the processes that i noticed that feels really important to mention because I see this like an example, um, you know, I had my whole process was how I came to these realizations was was not easy in that, you know, there was deep suffering and, you know, uh, without going into the story, yes, uh, there was intense, like, you know, my father was just a really sick person and I was the sensitive only child who was tracking it, but I got really wounded and traumatized. And then through that trauma, I had an awakening and, um, you know, and then when I got out of the last hospital in 82 and every, the, my whole universe was like, Paul, you're mentally ill and in denial of your illness. And I knew I was having an awakening. So I just thought they were completely stupid. But the point is, 
is that, so then I found my teachers, these great Tibetan lamas, and I would go to them all the time, every few days for years. And, and I would be telling them the pain and the trauma and the demons. And one day they looked at me and they said to me, and they said, you know, Paul, the fact that um, what's going on for you is that you have such an incredible potential for light. That's why the demons are even interested. If you didn't yeah. have such a potential for light, the demons wouldn't be interested. And then that's true for all of us. And, and just to like connect that to something. So I've learned that whenever, you know, I'm a creative person, I create every day, write my books or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I always, when I first sit down to write, I feel this resistance. And I've learned the greater the resistance, the greater the potential breakthrough. And so the fact that there are like these dark forces trying to stop me, you know, in my mind and sometimes in the world, I take that as a great sign going fantastic. I'm on the right path instead of like, wow, I'm really screwed up. So I love it is, is that for all of us as creative people to understand that when you're getting close to your light, to your nature, to yourself, yeah, there are going to be obscuring forces. That's how the equation, that's part of the equation. But then how do you interpret that? Do you like go belly up and, and, and let them stop you? Or do you recognize, oh, of course there are darker forces. Why would there not be? I'm actually getting really close to my light. And then it even inspires you even more to keep on going. I love it. I love that. That is so helpful because so many creative people, so many sensitive people, so many empaths are um, really, you know, um, suffering so much as they you know try to step onto their path and um and a lot of them are just processing huge shadows you know um and they get so bogged down by that that um negative uh, yeah, energy yeah. and can yeah. i say something about what yeah. you just said because mm -hmm. one of the big mistakes i see people make so say so we're all you know as individuals we're all interconnected and interdependent with each other, with the entire universe, with the novel yeah, field, yeah. you know, on all dimensions. And there's a tendency, an unconscious tendency, if I'm feeling some sort of darker energy to personalize it and think, oh, well, you know, this is just mine. And, you know, and yeah, on one level, you have to own it and take responsibility. Yeah, on one level, it is personal up yeah. to a degree. But as organs of, think about us as like organs of the greater body politic of yeah. our species, who's to say that you feeling that negative energy, you might not be shamanically like picking up a negative energy that's in the non-local field and you feeling it, you as an organ, um, that's the, you, you might be metabolizing the darker energy that's that's in like the collective unconscious of our species at that moment and by seeing your process in that way it it snaps you out of the separate self and it gives yeah. you more of the recognition oh yeah we're all interconnected interdependent wow i've just snapped out of seeing through the lens of the separate self oh wow now i recognize the the shamanic part of me wow we're all shamans in training that's who we are the universe is going through a shamanic death rebirth experience it helps to recontextualize every aspect of your experience. I love it. I love it. I intuitively, you know, nobody told me this, you know, I just intuitively uh, was aware of this. And a lot of these things that I am aware of, I've never shared because um, just because the, the <laughs> sometimes the reaction of um, some people <laughs> 
who cannot metabolize or receive the messages. So um, at least that's been my story in the past or something that I've been waking up from myself. But um, with that being said, I just want to take a moment as we're rounding around the corner of this um, fabulous interview. I just wanted to let people know that your website and your contact information and your social handles are all going to be listed on the event page and as well as the end at, at the end of this interview for those people that want to find out more about your books and the wonderful work that you do um, and the services that you offer. And as part of today's summit, I've invited each speaker to share a special offering for those that are um, registered here today, if that's available. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share that um, with us today, Paul, if you have anything for our listeners. Yeah, for sure. So I'm happy to offer. So I wrote, you know, so um, my whole work is really not only about quantum physics, but about this mind virus, you know, which is really at the root of um, the evil and the collective madness that's happening in the world. And, um, I wrote a book about my own process where I used myself as my own case study because um, I went through an unbelievable ordeal. Yes. You know, uh, a real um, close encounter of the Watiko kind, the, you know, the mind virus. And it completely destroyed my family. It almost drove me crazy. And yet it was initiatory and it was, it was teaching me something. And I was lucky enough to realize that it was a revelation and it's informed my whole work. So I wrote a huge book, a 600 page book about my personal experience in which, you know, I discovered my work and I'm happy to offer the ebook of that. It's called um, Awakened by Darkness When Evil Becomes Your Father. And um, yeah, so anybody who's interested, I don't know how it would work, whether. Yeah. They would email you or me or whatever, but I'm happy to offer that um, as a gift, as a bonus. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll work it out. And then once oh. we do, I'll post it on the last page of our interview and make it available in other places as well. Um, but uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for being here. I've so thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I know a lot of people will benefit from the information information that you shared here today. And I could talk to you for hours um, on end. So <laughs> um, I just want to say that when you were sharing this, um, this deep uh, trauma and upset that you uh, went through in order to awaken, and it was an initiation, you know, I think that's so uh, essential in regards to reframing the suffering that many people have gone through. It's like, why, why you know, why am I going through all this suffering? Um, what is the point, you know? And some people getting really, you know, just self-destructive in it. Um, so I think that's so important to realize that that it is an initiation um, to, yeah. to, an, to an awakening. and. And I guess I guess it it sucks that it's that way right now, but it just is what it is. We're we're uh, um, recalibrating and clearing out us. I don't even know how many uh, generations of uh, this mind virus that you that you say. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. All right, thank you so much, and um, I will um, share this video uh, when I get it all edited with you. But in the meantime, I just want to thank you again for being here. I really value the conversation, and I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Totally. just want to thank you, too. Really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. Bye for now.